0: Did you ever hear why graham crackers were invented? You're going to think I made this up, but the internet says it's true. Hey. Welcome to the internet says it's true, where every week we learn something that sounds made up but is really true, part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name's Michael Kent, and guess what? This is episode 134, and as of last week... This podcast surpassed 100,000 downloads. That is a huge landmark. It's a very tough thing for a podcast to do. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, And and thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends. Later on in the show, we'll be joined by mind reader and comedian Eric Dittleman. Stay tuned for that. He'll be joining us for the quick quiz. We'll see how much he knows about graham crackers. Uh, We had a Patreon meetup last week on Zoom. That was a lot of fun. It was a small group. But I've just announced the next meetup. It'll be April 16th, 7 p.m. Eastern. And again, that's open to all Tizziters. Whether you're at the $1 a month level or the $10 level, everyone is welcome. The link is on Patreon if you want to put that on your calendar. Those meetups are in addition to the stickers you get and the access to every episode early and ad-free. And for the folks who are on there at the $10 level, that's the gold level, I just posted a full unedited video of My Actually, two videos of my last two shows. Uh, One was in Wisconsin. One was here in Ohio. I left the mistakes in and all. You can see that at the gold level. But if you just want to support the podcast, take part in the meetups, it's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. Once again, patreon.com slash Michael Kent. So for this one, we're going back to the 1800s and the reason graham crackers were invented. (laughs) My God. Okay. Here we have to start with something called the Temperance Movement. You probably know about this because of Prohibition. The Temperance Movement was the social movement that led the charge against the use of alcohol in the 1920s. To provide some background, colonial America was an alcoholic-as-fuck society. Drinking was an everyday thing for a lot of people back then. But when America started industrializing and people were required to run heavy machinery, it started being a bad look to be drunk all the time. Plus. These temperance movement folks were seeing what too much drinking was doing to families. Men were acting stupid, fighting, cheating, leaving their families, and people were also starting to get wise to the fact that it was just plain unhealthy. But for this one guy, he was an adherent to the temperance movement for a completely different reason. Sylvester Graham is who we're talking about. This guy was a Presbyterian minister and reformer who was big on the temperance movement because he was strictly anti-pleasure. And this was long before... The prohibition era of the temperance movement he lived from 1794 to 1851 so this was a long time before he was out there preaching against worldly pleasures in the early 1800s anything that provided pleasure was no good for this guy so no alcohol he was also big on veganism and eating whole grain bread now that sounds like i'm making a joke there but that's true that's dude is referred to as the father of veganism in the u.s and as cholera was sweeping through europe Americans were freaking out about it coming over here. The popular wisdom at the time was that the best way to beat cholera is to avoid vegetables, eat lots of meat, and drink heavily. But Sylvester Graham said no. No alcohol, no meat, and all the veggies. He thought people should eat the way that Adam and Eve ate. That was his reasoning. He thought that the reason that plague and disease existed is because people weren't eating in accordance to natural law. Not only that, he thought that an unhealthy diet led people to commit more sin and he preached this everywhere and the people who did what he said seemed to be less affected by cholera than the people who were listening to the doctors at the time so it was like whoever was the anthony fauci of 1832 was saying don't do this stuff and this guy sylvester graham the pat robertson of 1832 was saying no don't do that stuff don't do the stuff that fauci is telling you and it worked for a lot of people so he became super duper popular also, he was just a great preacher. Everyone loved to listen to Graham preach. And I know what you may be thinking at this point, And no, there's no relation between Sylvester Graham and Billy Graham. But he was that popular. The word spread that his advice was saving people from cholera, and it started a whole movement. He wrote a book called Treatise on Bread and Breadmaking and spoke out in major cities about how to properly make bread. His movement became known as Grahamism, and they were vehemently opposed to masturbation. More about that after a quick break.
1: We're living through the most dynamic time in human history, and what we do as leaders matter. We are the ones that create the leverage to shift directions of our companies, our nonprofits, and our communities. As a leader or an emerging leader, please join me for a dynamic conversation with top thought leaders, academics, and executives to learn more about how to elevate your leadership. I'm Maureen Metcalf. Join us at the WCBE podcast experience at WCBE.org. RG.
0: The internet says it's true is happy to be sponsored by the power of the streak. This is an easy to read book by author Kara Wood with the best idea yet for consistent exercise and staying motivated over time. That part I read this part. I'm telling you from the heart. I struggle with working out regularly. You know, I'll go back, I'll start exercising, and then I'll stop after a couple of weeks or I'll go a week and a half and then I'll stop. And I learned that I'm not the only one who this happens to. So Kara has a similar story. Kara was you know, basically without motivation for years. And she was able to find that formula that got her to flip the switch. And she hasn't looked back. She actually has been able to stick with it through uh, the methods that she teaches in her book. So she tells her story of starting and keeping a running streak for 12 busy years while having a demanding career, two kids, I mean, she has the the secret to to exercise no matter what. Her story is funny, it's relatable and inspiring, and she explains to you how you can do the same thing with any exercise, and it doesn't have to be running, which is hard on your knees and hurts your feet. And this isn't just the internet saying it's true. Even a cynic will leave feeling motivated, inspired, and excited to commit once and for all to long-lasting exercise and fitness. The book is called The Power of the Streak by Kara Wood, and... It's available in all formats where books are sold. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can also get the audiobook on iTunes and Audible. So make sure you you, you learn all about this. Go pick up the book. You can also follow The Power of the Streak on Instagram. It's just at The Power of the Streak and Twitter, Power of Streak. I think that you will enjoy it. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month, just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about, or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. You can sign up today at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but... Unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at FatCo.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to TheInternetSaysIt'sTrue.com slash deals for the link. Grahamites, those who followed Sylvester Graham, were strictly opposed to self-love. They were against choking the chicken, shaking hands with the milkman, orbiting Venus, cuffing the carrot, badgering the witness. They were anti-drilling for oil. They were against beating the bishop, doing the five-finger shuffle, holding your sausage hostage, going fishing with the man in the boat, adjusting the antenna, applying the handbrake, polishing the pearl, playing tug-of-war with Cyclops. And therefore, they implemented this bland diet because it supposedly helped The body resists the urge. It's important to note that Sylvester Graham did not invent the Graham Cracker. Some people throughout history have claimed he did, but he did at least inspire it. As I stated earlier, he thought unhealthy eating led to sin. And he thought that lust was sin. To Graham, physical lust harmed the body and resulted in things like consumption, spinal diseases, epilepsy, insanity, and headaches. The way to suppress these physical lustful urges was to eat a bland diet made of vegetables and gram bread, which was made of coarsely ground wheat flour. Apparently to this guy, when you sifted flour, it made for more sexy time. Same with if you drank tea or coffee or had any type of sugar. So for this reason, the people that followed Grahamism ate a diet that consisted of lots of coarse flour foods, including a recipe for crackers made from coarse wheat flour. It was a mild, unsweetened flat biscuit made with unbleached flour with bran and wheat germ added. These became known as graham crackers. Even Oberlin College in Ohio adopted the graham diet for a time to remove sexual temptation and other potential sins from students. So during that time, a professor at Oberlin was fired because he brought a pepper shaker to the dining hall. Crazy, eventually the students revolted against that and they reversed their Grahamism diet. Sylvester Graham died young at the age of 57. The last two decades of his life were spent preaching against masturbation, which he called self abuse. And here's a fun fact for you. One of Graham's adherents was a man named John Kellogg, who was the superintendent of the Battle Creek Sanitarium in Michigan. He took the gramite diet to his patients, and along with his brother Will, was working on creating a gram bread meal for his patients. The story goes that he left the bread out too long and it never softened, but instead came out crispy and flaky. His brother Will saw an opportunity. Now Kellogg's is an $18 billion company thanks to Cornflakes, the ultimate in anti masturbation cereals. So the answer is yes. Part of the reason graham crackers were invented was to keep sinful Americans from practicing the old menage moi. The internet says it's true. Now is the part of the podcast where I call a friend, see if they already know what we just learned. Today we are calling back my good friend Eric Dittleman. Eric is a mind reader extraordinaire, television star, editor, funny man, joke writer for my joke story trick show... And uh, I'm happy to have him back on the show. Hey, Eric, what is how are up? you? Eric. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, man. This is uh, what does this make? Three or four appearances? Probably uh, more than that. Yeah.
1: I'm going for the Hall of Fame record.
0: Uh, well, I, can't, I keep getting voicemails saying, when are you bringing Diddleman back on your podcast? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, they're, they're talking about tell me what to Google. Uh, oh, not, right. not the internet says it's true. So mm-hmm.
1: this uh, is my first time on the new title.
0: That's right. This is your first appearance on the internet says it's true. And for the first question, we're playing for three Twitter followers. Ooh,
1: so if I can use three Twitter followers. If, so. if you
0: get it wrong, you have to get me three Twitter followers. If you get uh, it right, okay. I have to get you three Twitter followers. The best can I ones
1: just unfollow you and then follow you. That doesn't you again, count, does that as, count one? as one. No,
0: you need three. <laughs> That are not yourself, uh, uh, and they can be like your your family. You know, you can be like, "Hey, mom, you mind following Michael?" <laughs> That'd be totally cool with me. My um, mom does not have a Twitter. That's Definitely probably not. a good thing. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so this one's a multiple choice. Okay. Graham crackers were invented for which of the following weird reasons? Ooh. A. To help keep people from masturbating. B to keep people from drinking alcohol, C, to keep people from going to hell, or D, all of the above.
1: Wow. I want to say D just because it seems like it's so left out of left field. Uh, but uh, the, these all seem like sins, I guess. Uh, so is it something religious related? I'm going to go D, all of the above.
0: You are correct. Uh, that is a great answer. All of the above. They were, they were created for all of those weird reasons by a weird dude uh, who basically started an anti-science cult out of religion. Oh, wow. uh, so you are going to have to uh, figure out which three new followers are the ones that I got you. <laughs> Your next three followers, we'll say, are because of me. And not okay. John Cena, who followed you today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that one I wish I could take credit for. But that happened organically, and I am jealous. (laughs) Uh, Question two. Okay. For question two, if you get it right, I will have to make the sound of any animal you choose. If you get it wrong, you have to make the sound of any animal I choose.
1: Are we picking the animals prior to the question?
0: Uh, No. You can can have a little bit of time to, to mill on it. Okay, great. As everyone knows, a graham cracker is one of three simple ingredients to make s'mores. How heavy... Was the world's largest s'more? Whoa. A, 30 pounds, B, 67 pounds, or C, 267 pounds?
1: This is a horrible question for me because I'm terrible at estimating.
0: That's, like I, that's right. I don't yeah. even
1: know what one grab cracker or like one s'more would
0: way <laughs> <laughs> that's right. just you know just think in your head multiply one graham cracker by a whole bunch of people that's the other thing is we don't know how big it actually was i'm not giving you that information right. so there's no frame of there's no math that can be done here
1: and obviously a graham cracker doesn't weigh a gram that's not where it gets <laughs> <to end. laughs> no
0: that is correct a graham cracker does not weigh a gram
1: <laughs> give me the choices one more
0: time <laughs> 30 pounds 67 pounds or 267 pounds.
1: 30 pounds is like a cat, I guess.
0: That is be... a big cat, right? <laughs> two cats. Two cats, okay. <laughs> You're so bad at estimating. <laughs> like so I'm my, say it
1: probably was more than a cat. My cats.
0: medium-sized dog weighs 30 pounds.
1: There we go. Um, so I'm gonna say B, whatever that middle option was. 67 pounds? 67? That still seems light for a large, but I'm going to go with it.
0: Oh, Eric, you were, you were right when your, when your gut told you that it still felt light. The answer is 267 pounds. What? The Guinness Book of World Records, the largest s'more. That's like s'more. three cats. It is... <laughs> <laughs> May of 2014, a bunch of people in Pennsylvania got together, made a giant s'more. And, uh, (laughs) so I think that it's fair to say, uh, I should make you make a cat sound. Let's wait. Hold on. Two cats.
1: That was one. (laughs) And the others.
0: There you go. One's angry that you didn't get the question right. The other one. Question three. If you get this one right, I'll send I'll. (laughs) Question three. If you get this one right. Everyone knows the stakes for the third question. It's always, I will send you a tell me what to Google sticker in the mail. I've still got 200 of them left. <laughs> if you get it wrong, you have to send me some sort of diddle swag.
1: Oh, I might be out of diddle swag. Maybe,
0: oh. if, maybe one of your old buttons or something, if you can find yeah, one sitting either around.
1: Either an old button or maybe a hand-drawn drawing.
0: <laughs> that doesn't count can just draw something.
1: <laughs> what if it's of me and what? I'll sign it? You can just make a sketch and eBay. be like,
0: Howard Stern drew this on the, <laughs> on the blah, blah, blah show of AGT. And then, no. <laughs> I, okay. In the song Music Box by Eminem from his Relapse Refill album, he raps about flavoring his favorite graham crackers with what? A, mom's spaghetti. B Taco sauce, or C. John Bonny Ramsey.
1: So I have, I don't think I've, I know the song. I know Eminem. That's a little bit. Mom Spaghetti is in uh, the his Eight mile song. <laughs> so it's not that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> B. I'm gonna go taco sauce. Taco sauce. In the song Music Box by Eminem from his Relapse Refill album, he raps about flavoring his favorite graham crackers with, you think, taco sauce. Yes. Unfortunately for everyone, the answer was John Bonet Ramsey.
1: No, why? I know.
0: Uh, <laughs> so, it, horrible. Absolutely horrible, first of all. But here are the lyrics. Quote, like a Thanksgiving. And listeners, this is not me saying this. This is Eminem's voice saying this. Like a Thanksgiving turkey or holiday ham, cinnamon sprinkled on toast, strawberry marmalade jam. So far, so good. Sounds delicious. That was me. Back to Eminem. <laughs> Quote, flavor my favorite graham crackers with John Benet Ramsey. I guess a modern day Jack the Ripper is all that I am. Oh, no. That's problematic. It is, it is problematic. <laughs> Worse than Cardi B and Lil Nas X uh, combined. I don't know if you talk about this
1: in your the uh, rest of the episode, but I learned graham crackers are used in mock apple pie.
0: No, I didn't talk about this in the episode. <laughs> so what is the difference between apple pie and mock apple pie?
1: Mock apple pie doesn't use apples. It uses graham crackers to simulate the texture of apples. Well, that's nothing close to an apple. I guess in this recipe, it is.
0: Maybe it, works. it makes sense. I mean, if you add maybe some apple flavoring, like apple juice or apple well, sauce. Oh, I don't think so. No, I think just it's no just apples. The, this is for people I, who can't eat apples.
1: It's just the brown sugar and everything else. And cinnamon, I guess. Is so more prominent that you just get the texture of the apples.
0: I can't imagine that. I'm gonna have to try this sometime because I'm a big apple pie guy. I love apple pie, but I've only ever made it with apples. So. Wow, interesting. So, what do they make for the crust? I feel like it'd be very similar to the to the graham crackers. You couldn't do a graham cracker crust if the apples are graham crackers.
1: You lost me there. I'm a cake guy. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Question four for this question. Oh, wait. What were our stakes for that? Oh, you have Uh, to send me some bill swag. A a drawing. (laughs) A drawing. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. For this question, if you get it wrong, you have to work in a phrase of my choice in your next online virtual show.
1: Oh, boy. If
0: you get it right, I have to work in that same phrase. Podcast oh. or show. You you can do it in your next yeah. podcast if you want. Oh, that's uh, fun. Yeah. The phrase will be, quote, shimmy on down.
1: Shimmy! I'm writing this down. Yeah.
0: Shimmy on down is the phrase. Uh, so, yeah, you've got to somehow you've got to say shimmy on down in your next podcast with Matt or in your next virtual show, wherever you think that it would be the best. And if you can... If it's your virtual show, get us a clip. If it's your I'm podcast, trying. I will. Uh, we'll make sure we listen. So sure. if you get this wrong, you'll... Uh,
1: that was assuming so, I get this wrong, though. That's, I'm if, if trying you get to it, get this right. If you get so it right, you it.
0: if you do get it right, I will use that same phrase in my next podcast. Shimmy sure. on down. Who is the leading company of graham crackers today? Is it A, Pepperidge Farm, B, Honeymade or honeymaid. c kellogg's that is i will honeymaid. be shimmy on, shimmying on i will be shimmying on down in my next podcast because you sir have gotten this right uh it is Honeymade. yes
1: i'm celebrating
0: unfortunately <laughs> it's an incorrect answer because Made is not the name of the company the parent company no i'm just kidding it's honeymaid there is a parent company but you wouldn't know i, I didn't recognize the parent company name So that is a correct answer. Uh, And then question five. This one is for all the marbles. If you get this wrong, I'm banning you from the show. Never to be asked on again.
1: Wow. If I get it right, do I get actual marbles?
0: If you... (laughs) All of them, apparently. All of the marbles. I will go to every antique store in the world and find old jars of marbles. Um, It'll be... I'll be like Mouth in the Goonies, or, or, or uh, no, it's Data in the Goonies. I'm spitting them out of my mouth. Yeah. That's, that's what I always think of when I think of marbles. But those aren't even marbles. I always just think of marble mouth, and it's like coming, like hitting against your teeth as they come out. I, the think lady yelling like, mio, no <laughs> I think sign, of Toodles. Dios mio. No sign. No sign. <laughs> no pin. No escribir. No escribir. All right. I, th- I think of Toodles from Hook, who lost his marbles. Oh, okay. Well, we'll find the marbles and we'll give them to you. <laughs> if you can tell me the answer to this question, Eric Didleman, what is currently inspiring you?
1: Whoa. That was out of left field. I was expecting that. That's where the marbles
0: are. Uh,
1: <laughs> what is currently inspiring me? Um the light at the end of the tunnel from this pandemic and uh live shows hopefully returning uh full force uh soon. So that's inspiring me to get back and working on my live show. Is that that's not selfish, is it? Does that come across? No. I think that's just inspiring, right?
0: That's a correct answer. We'll take it as inspiring. It's not selfish. No, because if you're doing it everyone else is doing it too, makes it not selfish. I myself am going back on stage this weekend in Erie, Pennsylvania at Keller's Magic and Comedy Club and uh I'm going to be honest, man, I'm scared shitless. I uh I haven't done my act in a year. So You've done some you did some stage shows last year.
1: I did some stage like some I just social did a distant trip things as well uh this past couple weeks ago a week ago. Jeez. And uh, yeah just uh you know you'll definitely feel rusty but power through and it'll it'll all come back to you.
0: Oh, thanks man. I I'm taking all day on Thursday to just go over my show. I'm going to like literally set up the show in my living room and sit and just try to figure it all out and remember everything about it. Uh, thank you for joining us Eric Dittleman people can learn about you at ericdittleman.com that's d-i-t-t-e-l-m-a-n also you can find him in the mind over magic podcast wherever you listen to podcasts with his friend Matt Franco uh, it was great having you on again man
1: thanks for having me this was a blast
0: that's all for this week Thanks for enjoying our first bonus episode. Man, this was fun. I don't know how often I'm going to do bonus episodes, but I hope to keep doing them for you. Maybe one a month. I don't know. Uh, You know, leave a review of the podcast on iTunes, on the real podcast, not the bonus version, and be like, hey, you should have heard the bonus episode. Uh, And then you'll be in, like, the secret club. It'll be awesome. Uh, <laughs> the internet says it's true. We'd like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions put them at producer status. Sean Brown, Katherine Morgan, Taylor Hurt, Bryce Swanson, Mitch Joseph Kemplin, Alex Zakolic, Eugene Anderson, Mac McVeigh jim and joanne martin the show is written and produced by me michael kent the theme song is by finite music forge and all audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under fair use title 17 usc section 107 you can listen to past episodes by searching for the internet says it's true wherever you get your podcasts and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash michael kent but you already know that don't you have a good week